0: Hey, everybody. Good morning, evening, afternoon, whatever time you're listening to this. Welcome to 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I am your host, Ray Harkins. And uh, I'm a little tired today, so uh, please forgive the intro if it's a little sluggish. I'm trying to drink some coffee, trying to power through the morning. Anyways, um, Property of Zach. Propertyofzach.com. Visit them. They are a great partner for us. And the show, um, where basically they post great news on a daily basis. Uh, they really get in depth with uh, editorial content. Go there. It should be a daily visit for you. So check it out, and you will be full of knowledge after that visit. Um, a few other house-cleaning things. Review the show on iTunes. Haven't gotten a review in like over a month, and that's disappointing. Norman Waldo. Shout out to him, whoever that may be, um, for giving us the last review, and uh, it was a very nice one, and I appreciate it. So uh yeah, if you want to write a review, it'll take you like two minutes. If you just want to give stars to the show, you can do that. Um, so please do that. And it was cool. We were up for a few sort of podcast awards on the Stitcher uh, network, and uh, I can't remember the other one, my uh, my friend Corey was the one who... Uh, told me about that, and um, you are able to you know, nominate millions of podcasts, but people did vote for us, and uh, that was a cool thing, and I appreciate that. Um, all right, I've been really, really busy recently, doing a lot of random stuff. I went to the fest recently with uh, my very good friend Chris Hansen from No Sleep Records. Sweet name drop right there, I know. Uh, So yeah, we went down there and had a lot of fun Saw a lot of amazing bands The highlight for me that whole weekend Was uh, probably how f- much fun I had watching Grade um, I-, I really honestly didn't expect to uh, be as enamored with that set as I was There's obviously a lot of other great stuff um, Hostage Calm, Into It, Over It, Propagandhi, Code Orange Kids Like I could probably go on for another 10 minutes Negative Approach, From Ashes Rise, there was some really great stuff I was able to see. Um, and the fest has just exploded to the point of where I can't even believe how big it is now. Uh, last time I went there was like 2003, 2004, so it was like fest two or three. Um, yeah, so it's, it's awesome to see it grow. And on top of all that, I got a bunch of amazing interviews. Um, and, it, and those of you that follow the Twitter, got a little sneak preview in regards to who I was sitting down with. Um, so basically, I have so much content for the next like two, three months. It's crazy. Um, yeah. So that was exciting. And then also during that same fest weekend, I got a heads up that uh, that television show that I told you about. I don't know, two months ago might have even been longer. Uh, called How the States Got Their Shapes. You should check it out. It airs on History Channel Two, which is called H Two. I think most of you that have, you know, some sort of larger than just the network show cable package would probably receive it. And the name of the show is called Vice versus Virtue. Um, and it was fun to watch myself on television. It was really funny to even see how much they edited out because, you know, we shot for about like three or four hours. And, um, you know, they had to condense that down to like five minutes. Um, but. I'm very excited because this show is a quiz type of show and it was me versus a bartender and uh, I'm not, I'm pretty, I, I won. I'm just going to go ahead and say that I won and I'm stoked that I won because my biggest fear of going on would be humiliating myself in the sense of, oh my gosh, I look like an idiot, I'm answering the questions wrong, whatever the case may be, but I did not do that and I was happy with that. Because it would be embarrassing if I made a fool out of myself, and people would be like, "Hey, Ray, I saw you on TV. You're stupid. You don't know the answer to those questions." So, um, needless to say, that was uh, that was the case that I did not embarrass myself. And I realize I haven't even talked about the guest that we have this week, Andrew Hosner. He is by no means a household name to those of you who just follow, you know, all the punk news websites and that type of stuff. You know, he's not a musician, but like I've told everybody at the beginning of each show, I try to focus on independent culture. You know, people that have been involved in either, you know, punk, hardcore, metal, whatever the case may be, but then also do other awesome shit beyond that. Um... And this person is a prime example. Uh, I worked with him for years at Century Media. He is the head of sales over there. So he's the dude that talks to the label's distributor and says, hey, we need to ship 20,000 copies of this new record. You need to accomplish that. And then he gives them a bunch of information in order to make that goal happen. Um, There's obviously a lot more that goes into that, but I'm just trying to distill his job um, always a really, really great dude uh, He's been in the industry for a long, long time uh, And then as I got to know him working there He is a huge, huge art buff uh, As you'll come to hear in the interview He literally says that there's not one inch on his wall That, can, that is not taken up by art So it's basically wall-to-wall art um, And he primarily focuses on, for lack of a better term And me, I am not going to pretend like I'm an art expert um, but, you know, alternative slash street art, that type of stuff, you know, it's not your, your Van Gogh and that type of stuff, what, what people traditionally think art to be. Um, so, yeah, he just has an amazing story. And the fact that his gallery, which is called Think Space Gallery, um, has been able to really create an amazing place for these artists to grow and thrive and essentially become household names to a lot of people that follow the art culture, um, in the same way that, you know, a person like Shepard Ferry, who is obviously massive and gigantic and completely ubiquitous um, within our pop culture, um, Haas, which is what he's known by, has been able to uh, curate a lot of artists that, um, you know, can be that same person in, you know, five to ten years or even shorter than that, because uh, again, I'm not going to pretend to know a lot of this information. <laughs> But uh, in any event, I think it's an extremely important conversation that I had with him. And it shows, uh, you know, what you can do with just an idea and taking it and trying to execute it and basically putting a lot of blood, sweat and tears into it uh, and making certain sacrifices, but then also uh, being completely fine with those sacrifices. So, um, yeah. I went up to interview him at the Century Media office, and we sat in a conference room, uh, and we hung out while uh, we had, well, I don't think, no, we didn't have lunch, but we hung out over the lunch hour, and um, yeah, this is what transpired, so uh, I encourage you, even if you have no connection whatsoever to this person, I promise this interview will will be very enlightening, so check it out. I really enjoy these opportunities because it's like, there are very rare instances where you get to like sit down with a person and just be like, yo, let's talk. And it's like, because there are certain things where it's, I mean, I've known you obviously for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, I've got no idea like where you were born, like how you, come, no, I mean, I, know, I knew you were at Relapse. And it's like, <laughs> I know these nuggets of information, but just never like the yeah, the full little stories. So like where, where, born and raised, where, where, where were you? <laughs> ah, I came from uh,
1: Kalamazoo, Michigan. Oh. Yeah, the, yes, there really is a Kalamazoo with a little thumb buddy.
0: Right. Back in the day. Right, uh, <laughs> right, I still right, right. have that
1: shirt somewhere. But no, I was uh, born and raised there. Okay. And um, at around, see how the old memory works. Here. I know. I yes, at around 20. Okay. And okay. I moved out to uh, Pennsylvania to uh-huh. join Relapse. And that's after I had spent about a year and a half in college. Um, going towards a marketing degree. And um, through a friend that worked at Western Michigan University's radio station, WIDR, okay. he got me on um, to kind of take over his position, even though I didn't go to Western. It was kind of like a grandfather-dent type thing, and I was at least going to college. Right.
0: He's like, no, this dude knows what's up. Yeah, and
1: I just had to get my FCC license, which is good for life, so I still can. Legally go on the airways and there, cause havoc if I want to. I never um, knew
0: that there was like, if, even in college radio, you have mm, to get like an S. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I what, think is it like just, a
1: test you do? Yeah, so I think if you go on and start flying with exploratives and stuff, they can still find your ass or something like Interesting. that. Interesting. Okay, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was just really simple test, basically. You know, like I am Bob and can breathe. Yeah, I get your yes. license. Right. You know? Enjoy. It's like public office, kind of. Right, right. Um, but, uh, so you No, did... so I did that for about a I think two and a half semesters, mm-hmm. and that, that right around into the going into the second semester, I got my job at Believe in Music, which was um, rest in peace now. There used to be four of them, and as uh, the Best Buy's kind of started to, uh, that was back when Best Buy was nothing. Um, no, yeah, the, when, when they didn't the care about opened, music. Yeah, the first one opened in Michigan and closed two Believe in Musics that were right on, but okay. just went from there. So it was like a small, it was a small. Yeah, chain. so I, I did. I was the uh, like the nighttime manager at Believe in Music, like the five to close shift. And, oh,
0: okay,
1: uh, and. Uh, Wider, um, the radio station we worked at, um, the metal show was called Forte, okay, that which is heavy. So, um, <laughs> that was on Friday nights from 11 to 2. And it was just like a party in the studio with a bunch of friends who come down and we just put on really long songs and just right turn the fuck around, yeah. But, um, no, that was fun, and just from that and doing my management gig at uh Believe Music, I just kinda started just taking advantage of reaching out to labels and getting was back in the glory days where you could actually get a good bit of stuff if you did a nice, you know, display and stuff like that. They really a la carte you to a lot of shows and yeah all sorts of stuff. So um and I got to be pretty good friends with Matt Jacobson who started relapse with uh Billy Urkevich. Right. Um who's now kind of gone out of the out of the equation now. Right, Matt right. kind of is too. I yeah, guess. Matt, Matt yeah, Matt's yeah. off making pizzas now in Portland. Right, right, but, right. But um, Relapse is still going. And uh just from going back and forth with him, he kind of threw out the notion that they were looking to build their um, promotion department because at the time, I think it was like four or five cats that were pretty much mail order based Right. And Matt was starting to, you know, some of his records were really starting to sell. Right, understand and understand he and needed to do and something. he just didn't yeah. really know what to do. And he was with Red at the time. So um, I moved out there um to Millersville, Pennsylvania. Literally the... Armpit of the middle of nowhere. Right. um, It's like total farm country. uh, Surrounded by Amish. We were in the basement of a a 365-day-a-year Christmas shop that used to be a church for a decades. So we were selling Satan-based crazy grindcore in the basement of a Christmas shop celebrating the birth of Jesus in what used to be a church. Across the street from an Amish farm, two doors down, was Dutch Wonderland, which was basically like an automated barn-raising Wonderland oh, for kids kids to come. There was automated barn raisings of Amish, like, but, you know, like mechanized. Like yeah. Nonsense. And uh, wow. rides and all sorts of really weird, bizarre Amish. Right. Amish themed type things. Right. You, you look at uh, it and, me and be and, like, and, I don't. It costs like 10 bucks to get in. I think you could do the whole thing in about an hour. But um, there was always a line to get in. And clueless tourists. And, like, right down the, the way was Blue Ball, Pennsylvania, and then Bird in Hand, and uh, wow. Intercourse. Like all these weird little like messed up town names were everywhere, and it basically just they thrived on selling <clears throat> magnets and T-shirts. Like I just had intercourse in Pennsylvania, right, uh. right. Um, and it just happened to be <clears throat> where Matt was born, and he started in his basement, and it just grew from there. So we were just stuck there. Um, and right. when I first started there, it was me and this dude Sean McKnight. Mm-hmm. got hired the exact same week I did to do radio, and I got hired to do um, retail. And um, within about a month or two of being there, I remember flying out. Out here in Los Angeles, where I am now, mm-hmm. just to kind of hook up with Ralph Paz, a buddy of mine that worked at Metal Blade, and kind of get a retail list from him printed yeah. out because back then it would have had to been faxed or Mail, and I needed to meet some people <clears> and <throat> hobnob. And I think that was also around the time of the first time I went to Foundations Forum as a label, this big Metal Convention that used to be back in the day, uh-huh. um, somewhere out in the valley. Um, my memory's a little hazy. Yeah, yeah. That. but uh, but for the first three, four, or five months. For the first four or five months we were there, me and McKnight literally just had a upturned uh, cardboard box uh-huh. with a dry eraser board, kind of set on top of it, and I sat on one side and he sat on one side of it. and We had a, each had a phone, and that was that you know, was your, how, how we. That was your rocked. retail database. That's how we rocked, and everything was just paper. I mean, it was before there was really any kind of discernible useful computer. Right, right. right. Um any sort of real database Yeah, whatever. Yeah. When, yeah, a, when yeah, a release yeah. came out, I sat by the fax machine for probably two and a half days just faxing like four hundred or five hundred different buyers, just the one sheet. One yeah. after another just yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was
1: before we had interns and stuff too back at relapse. It was when we were really small. So uh that was interesting. We were doing Nuclear Boston America back then. Right. And uh yeah, I worked there for about nine years. And um about halfway through our tenure there we we switched from red to Caroline distribution. Uh-huh. And that's where I met my wife who worked for Caroline and we just would constantly see each other as I went out to all the Hobnob things to schmooze Caroline as our distributor. Right. Um yeah, one faithful trip to New York, one thing led to do another and <laughs> I don't know, just kinda clicked. So I went back to Philly. Yeah. And at that time we had actually moved to Philly. Um, I think we moved to Philly after being in Millersville for about five or six years just yeah. due to sheer like upheaval of like every it was all guys, and we were like, we need women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there wasn't anything in Millersville going on. You know, right, so was, right. We, we had moved to Philly. Um, and she went back to LA where she was kind of, she was born and raised out here in the, in the sticks a little bit.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And uh, one thing led to another. We kept in touch on the phone. I ended up flying her out to Philly mm-hmm. and uh, kind of realized then that that's where we wanted to take things. She went back home. Mm-hmm. About a month later, I think I flew out to be with her for a couple weeks. Which turned into, um, I was actually supposed to fly back on the morning of September 11th, the September 11th. Oh, wow. And um, woke up, and uh, we actually got woke up by the guy that was, um, we were supposed to take a rental car back that I had. Yeah. Go to the airport, yada, yada. And he had called and was just like, hey, don't worry. You know, we're closing the shop, <laughs> blah, blah. And we were just like, whoa, what's up? I mean, like, literally, like, we were just about ready to get up, but it weren't Went and turned on the TV, and obviously at that. Yeah. Point, You're like, oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, experienced what everybody else did, and it was pretty crazy. And obviously, was not about to get on the plane that day. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. She wasn't about to let me get on the plane. That day. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. so I just kind of, I remember calling Matt, telling him what was up, said other things, extended things by a couple more days.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. I almost have to have to check with Sean to remember the exact breakdown of things, but like right. that weekend, I remember going to some Century Media show where like Marco and Brian were like, "Oh, I thought you were."
0: Yeah, I thought you were going back. Going back,
1: you know. I remember seeing those guys for a brief, you know, snippet at some point during the trip. Uh-huh. And, uh And one thing led to another, and you know, I kind of told them where what, what, what things were, you, were going with Sean, this that, and the other thing, and right. And you wanted Marco to be was out like, here. Well, you know, hey. And when I got back to relapse, I wasn't a very popular chap. And Matt had offered the notion of, you know, offer opening. Relapse West Coast. um, Oh, the other thing, and just the notion of working at home and Mm. disconnect. Yeah. Which I see people here. Yeah, yeah. We've got people in Iowa and some other messed up places. It just isn't the same. It's um, hard, yeah. 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 So I, I just kinda chose to take the uh, olive branch that uh central media had extended and it came with nice little raise and just a little more security and Right. And, and where see, you wanted and, to be and yeah. where I wanted to be too, exactly. So and then, you know, about a couple weeks later she flew out. We you know, flew out met me in uh Philly, and then we drove out here in my car with all my belongings right but I didn't trade off or sell. yeah exactly and then uh yeah we fit in the car got, yeah yeah and got a little rental place over in Venice. actually I moved in with her she had had a little uh kind of little house right over in Venice right by the beach nice about six blocks from the beach she had lived there forever so, and we lived there for our first three or four years and then um like my grandma passed when well, I mean, about a year after that I kind of decided to use the inheritance she had left me and mm-hmm. of so just travel or something silly we ended up Actually being able to put down payment on a house in California, was pretty much as you know, as much to impossible. Unless, uh, definitely. Uh, yeah, unless something like that happens where you live out in the boonies. Right. Um. Yeah, and then,
0: uh, yeah, right well, around
1: a couple of years of being together, like we had started going to flea markets and collecting old radios, just something to kind of keep us busy. And we had both always had a lot of prints. Uh-huh. And whatnot, um, just in our personal collections, in our house and stuff like that. Her a lot of local LA artists and people like Mark Ryden and stuff like that that sure. were starting to make a name for themselves, uh-huh. you know, back then ten years ago. And um, I had a lot of Dolly prints at my apartment in Philly and stuff. Which when she had come out to visit me, I think she was expecting,
0: yeah, black, black metal posters, death metal posters signs right. or whatever. So she was kind of
1: like impressed slash <laughs> a little shocked by that, which you know brought us a little more together. And then um, once right. we hooked up, we started. Once we started, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't say tiring of. Uh, Going to flea markets, but um we just went to a friend's art show one night, uh-huh. uh, and then just I don't know, just kind of started one one to another to another, and we started we made a couple friends with some people. We started seeing regularly, Adam. Right. And we started realizing that, you know we could actually hang out and be social and have a couple drinks and not just pop in real quick and see the art. Yeah. Jet out like scared little teenagers. Or right.
0: <laughs> right. Like and we don't like we don't belong we here. Far from teenagers at that point.
1: Right. And. Um, <laughs> No, and then we actually, maybe after a few months of doing that, we actually bought our first little original piece from um, this chap-up. It's actually gone into quite some prominence from Riverside named Jeff Soto. Okay. And uh, crazily enough, the piece that we bought that from Mm -hmm. is the gallery that we now populate, which is one of the nicer spaces in Culver City. It's just, um, they closed, went away. Right. We were at a smaller space um, somewhere else, and we ended up swooping into it, getting a little ahead of myself.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, no, just kind of
1: weird to look at that back and uh, just. You know, to be able, yeah, to be able to yeah, trace it. I just kind of thought through. of it just now. I was like, oh, it's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, and just from there, it just kind of uh, spiraled out of control. Like, of course. Um, yeah, addiction, I guess, you would. I and, agree. Uh, whole I know you haven't yet. seen our house lately, but uh, it's retarded. Um, we just had a barbecue for some friends and uh, artists and collectors and stuff, not, maybe about a month ago. Uh huh. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's really not a square inch of our house that's not covered. I mean, really, seriously. Um, right. There's artwork about six inches off the floor, up to two inches from the ceiling, and that's not correct. more than two inches in between any piece of artwork. Right. The entire house, and probably a hundred pieces in storage in the garage. Because as we get new stuff now, we just have to, right, decide to edit something and hope that one day we actually. Move to Montana or something, kind of You're a like big that. enough house to actually have all the shit up somewhere. <laughs> totally, but, like we could have rooms. Uh, yeah, I mean, we never trade it off. We never sell it off. We we gift off things every once in a while. Maybe if we've grown out of them or something like that. But we always mm-hmm. kind of said that we don't want to just sell it off. We like we want the artist to know where it's at. And we've had a lot of collectors and even art curators and some museum folks, lower museum folks, just you know, that happen to know us, come by and stuff. And they definitely think that. You know, we're on the right track of kind of like capturing a snapshot of uh-huh. time, like this 10, 20 year period in LA, to where, you know, a lot of it be, people call it the new contemporary, which is kind of an oxymoron because it's new to Right, right. But um, <laughs> that's but interesting. But that's kind of what it's been hashed with. A lot of people used to call it, uh, you know, outsider art, lowbrow, um, uh-huh. pop surrealism. It's definitely a little bit of a, a mixture of all those, but at the same time, it's kind of like a.
0: Like you say, it captures a time frame. Yeah, yeah, and we're yeah. definitely
1: capturing that little time frame. on a lot of the artists we show, we, we've gotten really early on that have gone on the great prominence. Like we've got some really nice major pieces from David Cho back when he used to show at this little place called Upscale Giant Robot, uh-huh. and everyone knows him now because yeah, yeah. you know he spray painted Barbara Walters and right. has you know, I don't know what twelve figure deep from like yeah, it, investing right. in Facebook back in the day. Well, not investing, but getting given some stock as a yeah. Payment hey, for doing a mural for him, which I think is one of the smartest decisions he's ever made. Yeah, he actually popped into our gallery at our last opening out of the blues, just just to saying, say what's hey, up. Yeah, yeah just saying Hi. I mean, he's still a normal, normal chap. It yeah, just yeah, yeah. Sucks to see how people react to him. I mean, a couple people even came up to him, like, "Hey, man, give me some money," and it's like, "Man, you're know, like, not really." Yeah, people are lame, um, right, yeah, and he's yeah, really yeah. kept a low profile the last year because of that, and I feel kind of bad because he was a real social guy, I'm yeah. the scene type guy, you know, and, yeah, and he yeah. still got his close knit. Unit of friends that I think it's what you know, it's still normal and it seems to be as great as extravagance to just spending money on nice food and traveling, you know, <laughs> right? And he still likes gamble uh, yeah, 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 that's his thing. <laughs> that's
0: but uh, but all said,
1: um I got a little sidetracked there. I no,
0: no, no, no. That's fine. I mean, you've you've basically you've done a lot of my work for me. So now now <laughs> now I'm going to cherry pick and go back to certain aspects of your life. And no, that's, can, cool. no, that's But cool. the um, I've been interviewed a lot, so I just, yeah. No, no, no. I, I no used, just, used to give a, oh my little. Yeah, here here's my spiel. So and then, yeah, this not so then, much, but yeah, 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 not spiel, but this is where this yeah. is where I'll drill down. So it's like you're obviously backing all the way up to, um, you know, kind of your upper, like your brothers and sisters. No, mm-hmm. actually, I okay, try. I me too, and I oh. love it. Yeah, no, I do too. I mean, it's definitely <laughs> my wife knows I am. <laughs> yeah, we. I, I think I'm it's, sure you can attest to that. Yes, it takes a certain amount. There's a, certain... a lot of
1: conversations by myself. <laughs> that yes, I'm pretty sure I had with her. Yes, <laughs> it's a
0: certain type of person to be. Uh, like, I don't know. I just, I, everybody I know that's an only child, like, really enjoys that experience. Yeah. Well, I and mean, it, yeah,
1: I think it really ex, expands your creativity and makes you, know, mm-hmm. you kind of do a lot of things on your own that maybe and you would normally rely on others for.
0: Right, yeah. right, right. Which can be good and bad. <clears throat> totally. Yeah. 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 There's, there's, yeah, positive and negatives when you come to that. Yeah. But the, um, and so, you know, like, once you, like, I guess a 2 partner where it's like, when did independent music, because obviously, like you said, once you started getting the radio station in college and everything, like when did independent music kind of come into your life and like mm-hmm. how it came into your life? And you know, like in high school, like did you actually enjoy that experience or was uh, I hated
1: high school, but that was more just because of like the ostracization. I just wasn't the cool kid. So, yeah, it's good. but I had my little group of metalheads that we hung out with. Okay, yeah, know. so you, you were, you were yeah, kind and of like... I actually did track in ninth and tenth grade in some effort, I think, to, to be like, you're like, cool hey kids. guys, and that kind of like my regular friends were like, oh, what the hell? So, I just ended up kind of just. Falling out of that. Right. In uh, 11th and 12th grade, I was actually in this program. Oh man, it was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. But it was this um, program where like I basically kind of started focusing towards a, a marketing business career.
0: Oh, And we okay. had this curriculum there to where you
1: could like leave school at like one o'clock and go work at a job. Interesting. For credit. And wow. then you'd come back, um, I think once or twice a week like at like say three to five o'clock and kind of were in this business class. And uh, yeah, I went and crushed cans um, a couple times a week, Yeah. as like school credit at Meyer, our local. Um, it was just an odd little thing, but it yeah. was cool. Um, our Big, school... Cool
0: because and the idea was that you're like, yo, I can get out quicker. Yeah, you yeah. get
1: out a little quicker, and it also, I mean, which was my thing then. But at the same time, looking back, it basically helped build you up to be a little bit of a better kid and not be a yeah, yeah, you know, calling into work every other.
0: Right, yeah, maybe give when you you're some
1: resp- Yeah, it gave you a little responsibility when you were like 15, 16, which I
0: wouldn't have probably had otherwise. So, <laughs> right, no, right, so it was kind of cool. In retrospect, but. It's um, interesting. And so, when did, how, since you were obviously a metalhead, like, when did that sort of become part of your purview? Yeah, I was just trying to think, like, how to get into that. But, like, my dad, like, was always in the music, Bob Seeger.
1: Okay. Was uh, his jam. His jam. <laughs> and I honestly listened a lot of Bob Seeger, like, maybe when I was five or six. And I got turned on to Queen, I uh, think, by my dad. Yeah. And um got their first three or four records, like the good stuff, Day of the race and that or that stuff. Sure, um, sure. Um and followed them pretty hard for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then um got turned on to KISS and uh, my room was like I was look back, I guess that's where it started because my dad's butt my dad collects political buttons. Um
0: oh, and okay. his
1: basement, his man cave is floor to ceiling political memorabilia. Wow. Which got me into comic book collecting when I was really young, which mm-hmm. I got amassed a huge comic book collection and sold it for a pretty good five figure sum and then put that all into baseball card collecting when I was like twelve to sixteen with my dad. Yeah. And that v- on top of my grandma passing, a lot of the house was paid for by my baseball card collection, which was in the really high like five figures only sold it. And my dad and I never spent more than like five or ten bucks on any one card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just kept collecting. Yeah, and uh, looking back, I mean, even every Sunday of my entire childhood, like almost weekly, was going to some flea market somewhere. ship on this big Amish thing down in Indiana, or Uh uh, oh gosh, I can't think of a lot of them right now.
0: Right, right. uh, but yeah, oh, that's really, like what you guys did. On yeah, weekends. It, was, it was
1: what my mom and dad did on the weekends. Yeah, I mean, they had their little walkie talkies and we'd zip around. My, my dad would zip off looking for political stuff, and my mom and I would just you know, buy whatever the hell caught our eye. Just work, yeah, work yeah, yeah, he yeah. Didn't really need. That's I, cool. I, I, and then it developed into comic books and yeah, yeah. baseball cards, just so I think I had something that kind of oh, I mean, dude, I mean, well I emulate mean, not- like my pops a little bit. And plus, I mean, and my pl- dad loved baseball, so he kind of get, totally got into that. And, yeah, uh, for a good five or six years, you know, what I got for Christmas I was just like weird, crazy baseball cards that he would find it was pretty cool It um, is cool but all the all the while just kind of going from kissed and I think maybe priest and it was getting heavier and heavier and of heavier. of course right and um by the time I had you know gotten to be 15 16 17 you yeah, know it was definitely like the heavier yeah you, were, stuff. And, you you know, dove rel- into in Relapse right. was starting to percolate around a little bit at that point Nico mm-hmm. you know, blast and central media and yeah you know, some of the way back in the day things like uh
0: like, yeah mega Force right like right it, and right, right Blade and whatnot so, sure uh, sure yeah and, then and was, that was kind of your intro to yeah, all that was that. my intro and all that and
1: I just always loved the artwork and all of those things yeah led to you know more of a was more of a like more of a appreciation of art and then when I moved out to uh relapse I just got a little bit more into the art and then when we finally moved to philly you know I hit the art museum there and stuff like that and I just got to go that every weekend just because yeah. I just got kind of tired of everything else metal, I just mm-hmm. was getting yeah.
0: well, You need to out decompress. of it, but I needed yeah, to yeah, like, yeah.
1: not be surrounded by it 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's overwhelming, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I started getting a lot more into just going to the art museums and then started going to a few art shows and stuff like that. And then just came out here, hooked up with Sean, and then, like I right. said, so, we started collecting. And then we started going to this underground event here called Cannibal Flower. That's been going. They actually just celebrated their 12th anniversary a couple weeks ago. Oh, nice! And basically, it's like an art rave. It's every other every other month. This guy just has a lot of uh, real estate friends, and he'll just take over an abandoned warehouse, like literally abandoned or damn near abandoned. Right. And um, throw up some white walls, get a hundred artists in there, music, go at it, flamethrowers, trapeze (laughs) artists, all sorts of crazy shit. And charges like ten bucks admission and you know, usually gets five hundred to a thousand people on a Saturday night in the middle of nowhere downtown LA. It's it's pretty interesting. I mean it's definitely a big city experience. Right. And it's been emulated in San Francisco and New York and a few other places under different names. Uh-huh. But um we started going to that and buying a lot of art from that and then maybe a year or two into like no one else seeing, and him doing he had been doing it for a while at that point, but uh yeah, he got this little space off of Melrose that he called the Art Annex. Uh-huh. And he opened it up and it was, you know, very DIY underground punky type thing. And, uh um, sure. but it showed a lot of potential and when a lot of the artists he sh- showed had a lot of potential, but LC's, you know, the visionary, more art minded guy. Um, right. And Sean and I kind of came in with the whole business minded, both of us having done marketing one yeah, 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 yeah. for about a, probably 15 plus years at that point. Right. And, uh, we were just hanging out one Saturday afternoon shooting the shit and, uh, Mutual friend of ours, uh, Nathan Spore, was hanging out, which uh, was an artist that Elsie showed at the time, and that uh-huh. so we uh, used to collect. And um, <clears throat> came up with the notion of like the two of us, the three of, like the three of us, like combining, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah kind of maybe combining forces. And
0: sure, sure. Well, yeah, because you both had <clears throat> strengths that each other didn't have.
1: Right. So Elsie but... had cannibal flower, and at the time I had been maybe doing this blog that still exists called Sour Harvest mm-hmm. for about a year, and I just created that because I was like. Kind of anal retentive and always like creating lists. I mean, yeah, of I, course. I, I, I never. That, that's the only child. You don't even yeah, explain I that n- to me. Yeah, I never don't have a list in my pocket of things to do, and my wife's like, "Put
0: that on your phone." And
1: I'm like, I like the scratching off of things. Yeah, of course. <laughs> to, it's satisfying. Forty some years later, I like to scratch something off. It's right, it's right. Been Very fulfilling. Um, and uh, I used to always create this like just intensive list of all the shows. Mm. Once we really started getting neglected because so I didn't want to miss anything. Right. And we really realized that at that point, that was well before like the juxtaposed was a well respected magazine, but at that time their website sucked. It was almost like a geosity. barely ever updated. Yeah. Yeah. All these other websites and collector forums like Arrested Motion, high fructose, none of this stuff even existed yet. Right. So I kind of like hooked up with a buddy that actually worked here at Century Media at the uh-huh. time, um, that kind of had the same level of art that I did. and He did our uh, tech stuff at the time, John. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his last name. to saved my life right now. Yeah. And, um, he offered to kind of just create like a real basic website right. and would update it for us, you know, once a week with the new the new, new listings, stuff. yeah, yeah, and that really took off quickly just because there wasn't anything else out there like it. Yeah, you and,
0: saw um, you saw a need and you're like, I wanted to fill it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I was
1: already doing it for myself, so it wasn't really like <laughs> yeah. a job, so to speak. Or <laughs> right, right, right. Um, well, those, those, we, those, yeah, those, those yeah, are the best things. Yeah, and then we started an email list and we had like maybe three thousand people on it within like a month. Wow. wow. And then I'd be out at shows, and people would be like, "Oh man, you do sour harvest." You're sour you do sour harvest, dude. And it was yeah, weird. Yeah. It was weird. Um, and then you know, like galleries started paying attention to that thing, and then it was funny. Like once we opened the gallery, and everything started happening, it was funny how quickly, like so many of these little doors of support from other galleries closed, and like a couple galleries used to put sour harvest on their back of their postcards and stuff right, because right. we would interview their artists and feature them. And yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. But once things they started, it was like,
0: really <laughs> competition.
1: It was just, it was funny. Um, Interesting. Now, and to this day, there's still been a few lines drawn in the sand by a couple galleries. I think we... Stole artists once we opened a bar gallery, and right, I mean, it's not like it's a slave trade, people right. want to and we've lost artists <laughs> to other galleries too. And it hurts and it sucks, yeah, but it happens, right? It's part of the gig, um, right? Exactly, even Michael Basquiat back in the day. You know, you watch that movie about him, yep. and he left his gallery owner who was, of course, a saint and loved him to death. But you know, somebody dangled a little bit of a bigger bill and a little shinier castle, and it happens, yeah, yeah. But hopefully, yeah. you can always find that next person that you love and
0: can continue to work with. to develop and
1: whatnot. And luckily enough, we're uh. Fortunate enough to, you know, we're going to be celebrating eight years coming up here pretty soon. November next year will be, or actually, no, we just celebrated seven. Okay. So, yeah, so probably, the coming year, yeah, 2013. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. No, this is actually, yeah, next year. Oh, got gosh. it, got it. Oh, gosh, it's already November. <gasps> oh, gosh, I know, yeah. Where, do, <sighs> where does the time
0: fly? It's almost, it's almost <clears> October. What did your. So, yeah, uh, this November will
1: be seven years, and then. uh... Yeah, and then... we're putting together something cool for our little eight-year anniversary, just to be quirky. Yeah, we did a five-year show, and we're like, "Oh, we're gonna do something silly for our eight-year show." So that'd be fun. That's, That's awesome. awesome. And then um, this November, we go to Hong Kong um, to curate a show at a friend's gallery over there, which is huge. Like, we're taking over um, eight of our more established artists and doing a couple pieces each, and then we're taking them of our big artists to Miami this December during Art Basel, showing mm-hmm. them at Scope, which is like a big international art fair. Uh-huh. Eighty galleries, we've got a big booth, and half the booth will be Brian Riveros and half the booth will be Amy Soul.
0: Okay. So this
1: is our this is our fourth or fifth art fair, but our first really major one. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done like the Affordable Art Fair and Aqua and, right. and a few other ones in the past, but this is our um, like. You, do you
0: feel it's like the first like sort of it's a first big mix, splash? Yeah, in it's in a way. big
1: a splash, and we definitely want to do like. um Basel in New York with Scope next year and mm-hmm. we've already got plans to take Um Audi Kawasaki and Dap's Milo down to Scope next year in mm-hmm. December 2013. Wow. So, and um, earlier this year we had a pop-up show in San Francisco and last year we did a pop-up show in Portland. Mm-hmm. So just doing a lot to kind of um, Spread the name. Out. Yeah. yeah, spread out, spread the name of our artists and whatnot and it's pretty interesting just because we've so consistently advertised in places like JustPort and Hepburn to us every month now for seven years and, and have a pretty aggressive um, social network based Like mm-hmm. one of the biggest and most of the galleries out there in kind terms of right. like Facebook, Instagram and Twitter and whatnot, and Tumblr. Um yeah. but yeah, it's like we'll go we'll go these small little no small, but I mean right. Thousands, Relatively th- speaking, th- thousands yeah. of miles away and you know, pop up in, you know, a little gallery in Portland and opening night, you know, the five, six hundred people coming out and the whole That's night right. just talking about how much they love things and this and the other thing. And it's pretty crazy. Even my mom feels it back in Calvin in Michigan. And really? She gets juxtaposed every month and we get press in there probably every third or fourth issue and uh-huh. she'll go online and that's pretty daunting. She's like, I Googled you today and I'm like, That
0: sounds dirty, mom. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you, what did your parents do for a living? Um, they're both yeah. teachers.
1: Oh really? And like my what dad, my dad's a history was, I mean, there was, was yeah. I know, but he was a history and a math teacher. Oh, okay. I actually had him for math in eighth grade. That was really weird.
0: I was about to say, that probably was terrible. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know
1: what? He wasn't easy I think. Oh, sure. weird. I never I would expect that. Actually, yeah, that. He, I think you made a point of that. Yeah, of course. Uh, it was a little school. It was Comstock High School, so there was really no two ways around it. Yeah, you're you like, like, I like, can't. In seventh grade, I was starting to put together. I'm like, I'm gonna have you next Nope. <laughs> like, oh. Yep, Yes, you are. And, and my mom worked for uh, Head Start, which is like
0: that government
1: run thing for. Um, right. Folks and need and stuff. Sure, so, um, sure. She worked for that for a number of years. Before that, she had did some different type of stuff, but uh-huh. for the majority of my memory, right, you know, right. was teaching. She worked at Head Start and stuff like and, that, and she was like the health coordinator and stuff like that. Not so much a general teacher, but oh, got More got the it. back end over there and stuff. Dealt with kids a lot, but she was she was like the health coordinator. Put together all the
0: foods, and, like, yeah, lunches, yeah, and all, all the plans and everything. Plans sure, sure. The, um, because I, you know, obviously in hearing you lay everything out like how you have, like I find it so, um, I mean, because obviously it's like the art culture is, I mean, it, it mimics obviously what has happened within like DIY, hardcore, punk, metal, whatever you'd like to call all, it. All the time, I make correlations all the time where like if one artist
1: gets popular all of a sudden all these smaller galleries will all of a sudden start showing all these people like say still in art school or just out of art school that are in the Audrey Kawasaki is a great example. When she started getting really popular, she was showing with us in a couple of other galleries. Mm-hmm. Her work used to sit around for months at six, seven, eight hundred bucks, and now you know it flies out the door at six, seven, eight thousand grand and up to yeah, yeah. twenty grand and up. Um, but that's over a course of just like about the last six, seven years, and the last five years especially, as much she's taken off. Mm-hmm. But like right around the time she was taken off. It was totally like like if a big band takes off in of metal, all of a sudden all it's kind of like the reverse in music though, where it's more of the underground indie guys are finding mm-hmm. the cool stuff and that. The Majors come in and try to put all all these copycat bands that kind of sound like the cool underground thing, whereas in uh, the gallery world, I guess it kind of works both ways, but I mean, our little segment of the art world, like I mentioned earlier, the Pops surrealism, is a new contemporary, right. we're kind of very much the underground outsider in the art world, okay. um, whereas the blue chip art world, it's often called, the Murakami's and the Naras and the nicer stuff, uh-huh. they all kind of frown on this stuff because a lot of people think portraiture or just the figure is dead. And, Painting is dead, interesting, even. I've heard you know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We're right across the street from Susan Betemere Gallery, which is a very blue chip gallery in LA and a really, really beautiful gallery, but it's much more conceptually based and like uh-huh. install based. and Oh, you know, okay, type yeah, of works and stuff she, like large piece, yeah yeah, 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 or just like. Almost more installation type base where you couldn't even buy the piece right, right, if right. you wanted to. It's just more almost like a concept, okay. And a lot of times, her patrons will come in and just um, we call them pirouettes, they won't even get to the end of our stairwell. we just kind of like come in and do a little pirouette and go right the hell back out. <laughs> They're and like, This isn't for me, this not is not for me. me. And obviously, our fan base, if they went across the street, would probably do the same, thing right, right, right. Showing. So it's it's you know, that's what makes art art. Something and just like music, there's something for everyone, right? You right, can't like everything, you can't appreciate everything, yeah. I yeah. have haters of certain things, just like people hate rap, people hate painting, whatever you know, or, right? You know, right, right. You know, or whatever. And um, our little fracture of the art world, um it was kind of dubbed Lobo, whatever, years ago by Robert Williams, who's uh-huh. kind of like the grandfather of the scene and actually started Juxtapose Magazine and whatnot uh-huh. with some friends back in the day, but um. It's it's just interesting. Uh, well, uh, I mean, because I, I find it. But like, I guess we'll you know us or you know Popro or any kind of prominent gallery. Once we kind of get somebody established in rock, and rocking, there's definitely like a lot of younger people that will come up and emulate them, I and smaller mm-hmm. galleries around the country and kind of more secondary tertiary markets. Right, that'll start to show them. But that's what kind of makes. Our little bubble that are beautiful because ultimately you need that incubating system to of develop your style and then you know work your way up to the system and whatnot. And ten years ago, maybe even maybe even five years ago, there wasn't really a lot of these places around, mm-hmm. um, and it was really harder to to kind of get out of art school and get your footing. So I mean, I appreciate what this all develops and stuff like that, but I mean, it's like you said, it's just more kind of creating a little bit of an example of how right. Art versus
0: music is very similar, you know, just how oh, one totally. thing
1: influences another and takes mm-hmm. off and takes off. And yeah. yeah, well, it's I mean, especially it, on like the illustration side. Yeah, of like
0: I mean, I think anybody that's involved in the subculture obviously experiences that, like what you're saying, where it's like you can draw parallels between you know whatever, like skating, like anything. Yeah. Um. So what I always find interesting, like you know, once you started to get into metal, and then obviously once you started to get into art, like. How have, how did your parents react to like your choices in regards to like all right I'm gonna work for a record label in the yeah. middle of fucking nowhere like, No I mean I wasn't
1: the the uh, the A plus wonder child by any means Right um, <laughs> Especially if you go back to both parents kind of being in school enough, of course there's a little rebellion right. going on there Right Right And I didn't hang out with the greatest crowd there for a couple of years um, Yeah Yeah So no it's it's like when I kind of like got the man gig at the store and stuff they were really happy
0: um, they're just like, you're making a living. That's I was okay. just
1: like, yeah, I was, I, I was establishing myself post high school, basically. And, uh-huh. and I started going to Kalamazoo Valley Community College. And, you know, I was maybe only like, taking nine or 10 credits at Yeah, time just and dicking school. around, I'm sure. Yeah. Ew. Really, in a sense. Yeah, trying to keep the family <laughs> happy. Right. And, um, yeah, when Matt came calling, it was just one of those beautiful things that. Uh, you know, thank God the folks were. You know, I wouldn't have been able to do it without them. I mean, they ended oh. up, you know giving me a good a little chunk of change, and of course, me a lot of stuff, and you know helping me move out there and right, just right. everything. You know, the folks are there for them. Yeah, for, and the good ones are. Yeah, there for yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, whatnot. My folks are awesome. So uh, no, they they pushed me into it, and That's within good. a couple of years, I mean, I was doing the international stuff. And I started going to meet them and pop com. So I was going to like France and Germany and UK once a year. Like so, I was going to Europe three times a year. So they were like, our oh, boy's going. Yeah, yeah. They had never even been barely to Canada, so they were just like, holy <laughs> mackerel. So I mean, and, and, yeah. obvious, and then you know, a lot of his school friends, mm-hmm. like teacher buddies, remembered you know the me from high school. There wasn't you know, like, yeah, the, the the stereotypical student or parent, you know, right. teachers. Kid, you know, I yeah, guess yeah, yeah, most yeah. of them would like to have, you know, I was more of a little, yeah, a little shit, right? right. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think it became a little bit of a thing of pride for them for a while uh-huh. to be able to, like, oh, what's you know, what's what's Todd doing? This one guy that I used to actually live with for like a year with a couple other buddies, uh huh. It ended really bad, and he was a jerk off, but I think he's filling people's gas tanks now, right? And working on cars, which is not a bewilderment to anything like that, no, but, no, 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 but you know, right. he used to be like the it's, models, it, it's, it's very much. Stereotypical. He used to be one of the, the cool kids in high right, school, this right, right. that and the other thing, and then you know now he's basically
0: you know, right. Yeah. Those those were his salad days, exactly. And you were just suffering through it, being like, "Get me, get me yeah, out of here." Yeah, yeah. And
1: now, yeah, yeah, Thankfully, I live on the other side of the country. I've been yeah, Europe, probably 20, 20 sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. For work, right? And now, you know, I've transitioned into you know the being gallery being a really everywhere. internationally renowned gallery that you know gets international press and has done shows and. A few different countries now, and four different, five different states. Right. And, uh, yeah, so like, it's anytime, like, we, anytime we... I'm in juxtaposed, f- pictured, or featured, and we actually, the whole gallery was featured once about three years ago. And uh-huh. We had a picture taken by a really renowned photographer here in LA and stuff like that. And, uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I think my mom and dad buy some that copy of that magazine about every person on their mailing Christmas card list. You know? Yeah, incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's pride, and I respect that. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I appreciate that. Of, just, course, I of course, of course. Um, no, I think it's awesome that they, uh, and they're still like, you know, a couple of my biggest fans. They still love coming out and checking out shows. And That's great. This that another thing. Uh, my wife hates to fly, so we don't get to see them very much. So they come out here. Oh, okay. But there's not a whole lot
0: back in Canada. No, can no, 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 right. I have
1: got a couple <laughs> close friends that I keep in touch with. One of right. them actually, uh, Chris, he runs a Greenlight Music. The oh, okay. Store that he opened up back in the day, and mm-hmm. he's a, he was actually really instrumental in just. Forming my mean, love of music too, just because, like, when I was working at Believe Music, I kind of got to be friends with him and he worked at Music Express, I like think, back in the day. and Oh, right. buddy, his Dano. Okay. And we just, you know, we'd exchange trade promos and hook up and we would go right. to a friend's house named DMJ, Death Metal James. <laughs> I don't even know if I ever knew that guy's last name. Right. Um, and for like years, you know, our Saturday afternoon, we'd be going over to Death Metal James's and just rocking out the new stuff.
0: Right. Uh, show, show me, Master. Yeah, yeah. And James
1: had like this <laughs> crazy lizard collection. So, uh, yeah, go figure. But, uh, Lizards they, and death metal. They go in yeah, and out. It's
0: like, yeah, you can literally yeah. yeah. jelly. But, um. So, yeah, so. What's sort of, you know, to wrap things up and sort of in conclusion, because obviously the, um, you know, the, the whole independent culture, DIY, and that's your water too, if you want some.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, the whole, like, DIY culture. And, like, obviously. That is completely yeah, you know, I mean that that's exactly what you're involved in with oh, the art gallery. Exactly.
1: I mean our cherry is twenty five to thirty five year olds. It's the people that, you know, grew up with pop culture that now our art is very pop culture based, very pop culture driven. Yeah. And there's a couple of artists we work with like Dave McDowell and some other people that, you know, their artwork is pop culture. It's just a remixing of it through their work their vision, right, right, right. Yeah. And um, some of the stuff that comes out of that guy says it's insane, we've got a show us them, like, the i coming up with him in January It's gonna really probably offend some people hopefully.
0: Um <laughs> see and that that you saying that right there, like that's I mean, that's completely emblematic of what happens obviously like within, you know, the the, the vision of music where it's just like, you know, I mean when you're
1: Oh, like, when something really extreme came through the doors of a relapse, we would just be like, oh my God,
0: this is there's what we were a, looking oh, for. Yeah,
1: there's one band, Swedish Grand court Band Regurgitation, mm-hmm. where it was um something about a zombified penis or something like sure. that in the title. And Wes Anderson, or uh, Wes Ben Okay. Who, gosh, I'd love I need to look him up. Amazing <laughs> artist that used to do a lot of the early uh, relapse um, visuals. Uh-huh. Just created this most insane. It was basically like the zombie chick with a dick on a stick, like a pop, popsicle. And that was the cover. Right. Oh, my God. You're like, was where? Just over the top. Right. You're we like, this is amazing. Right. Where do we get more of this? Yeah. <laughs> we're like, we got to do shirts and right. posters. And we made, we saw so many of that. fucking
0: ridiculous. That's incredible. And so that, that, the, I mean, and I also find it interesting too, like with what you do. And obviously, it's like, you know, you you don't, I mean, people know, like, obviously, people I say here at Century Media know that you have an affinity for art and you don't, you know, you don't hide that fact. But yeah. it's like, you know, those are wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, but those, those. I didn't know if it'd be a compromise or not, Right, so right, like, of course. a to say,
1: like, Should I be doing this? And yeah, yeah, totally. But like those. Oliver, our owners bought an art from me and he, like, totally, I think he, like, just totally jazzed it.
0: Right, that you go, do that. Don't go home
1: and do nothing. I mean, right, continue right. to, you know,
0: work most nights till like one or two in the morning. Right. You know, it's pretty crazy. But right. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, you yeah. don't feel it like that's work. Not really. No, I no. Mean, there's days, but of course, uh, of course, of course. everywhere. But, uh, but even here, it
1: doesn't always really feel like work a lot of the time. Uh, as long as you know you're doing something you love. Know, do work a day in your
0: life. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah a, bad, a bad day of fishing is better than a good day at work or whatever. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> But, the uh, but yeah, like I said, sort of in conclusion, like, the the idea that, you know, some that those worlds, like, even though they travel parallel to one another, they do have those sort of railroad ties connecting them. But people still have that disconnect where they're just, like, you know, like, art, like, oh, that doesn't make any sense to me. Oh. But then you're just, like, I mean, does that frustrate you where you're just, like, open your eyes a little bit?
1: Yeah, it, 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 in a degree. There, like, in Culver City, there's a big art walk every year. Um, oh, yeah. Every opening this happens, I, I, I should preface with. But uh-huh. during the art walks, when, like, The general populace that maybe goes to one museum show a decade, or you know, just something happens to where they're like, "I'm gonna check this out." Yeah, and this isn't a slam on anybody, and and I get it, right? But it it, we have taken advantage of a couple times where like one person will come in, and we usually have a group show going for the art art Uh walk, and um, yes, a lot of artists within our genre create similarly types works of art in terms of narration and portraiture and stuff like that. Right. But every one of them is so different. It's crazy. Of course. I guess maybe to the trained eye, let's say. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't have, I mean, once an hour, a family will come in. Oh, is this your gallery? Yeah. Is this all your art? Wow. You've got so many different styles. And just will really, if, if you played into it for a second, they would just Eat it out of your hand all day long. And it just it's it's surprising to me. And then uh-huh. that's just it's just it's how what you choose to uh pay attention to. Pay attention to, I think, or uh-huh. maybe just, you know, follow or whatnot, you know, and you can't really belittle somebody. No, you know, no, no, that. no. you, know, no. Mean, you chuckle, of course, Of course when they like, wait oh, Yeah. I can't believe these people. people yeah, yeah. Cool. But obviously I might go into their world and not know the difference between a right. widget and a thing it or whatever, you know. I mean, whatever. So I mean yeah I mean it's really it's Everybody surrounds themselves with different things. Everybody's not lucky enough, unfortunately, mm-hmm. to have a creative outlets. So a lot of people go through life just doing that nine to five, come home, raise the kids and yeah. watch the news, go to bed and repeat. And, um, I'm thankful that I didn't fall into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, you know, I don't say, I mean, I don't know if had Matt not, not extended that olive branch to me all those years ago and got me into relapse and got me out of California, Michigan, more most importantly right. and things of that nature. If, of what I've done and seen, whatever happened, you know, or if I would ever right. really touch on, you know, love my life and stuff like that. So it's 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 interesting. And, you know, it's, it's, we're booked into the age you now where it's like, you know, we you know, have chosen not to have children. Right. Um, we've got five crazy cats. Right. You're um, like, that, the, that we, the that cats that, are that, the kids, that, right? That we treat like our kids and whatnot. And, right. um, you know, kinda of seeing where things are going. We're not horribly upset about that decision and stuff like that. Sure, um, sure. but uh with that said, you know, who knows where things will go in the future. But um definitely with how we have chosen to live our life and whatnot, I can't imagine having that in the mixture and having the gallery and all the other things. So I mean it's it's a give and take, as with of anything course. in of life, you know. I mean, uh, obviously sometimes we'll see, you know, couples with little kids, you know. You're like, that but then, like so, ten yeah. minutes later, you might see one running through, you know, right,
0: causing target, habit.
1: ripping right. shit off shelves, and <laughs> screaming and crying. And You're like, "Yeah, <laughs> we made the right decision here. <laughs> yeah, High five.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's so, I mean, but yeah, and you can attest to that totally. I mean, the
1: joys far outweigh the bad. Don't get me wrong. Oh no, no, but, no. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just justifications, I guess, as you live your life with
0: Well, I think I I, th- I think you hit on a very important point: the fact that like no matter, I mean, everybody makes choices, and everybody follows, like you said, different paths in life, but it's like if you don't explore opportunities that get presented to you, because I mean, so many people are scared to take those oh, steps. No, like, I mean, that's a terrifying move. It'd oh, be like, fine. Kalamazoo to fucking, you know, another middle of nowhere. Place oh, yeah, fine. exactly.
1: And then when I moved from Pennsylvania out to here, I mean, that was insane. Right. My that my, was the one that killed my mom. Like, I, oh, can I, to drive to Pennsylvania. I can imagine. That's true. Drive right,
0: right, right, <laughs> right. fly quicker, mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, that's not good. But then, yeah, like, if you didn't make those huge leaps of, Faith that you're like, you know, this, like, I mean, theoretically, this could, you know, crash and burn in a minute. Yeah. Your gallery could have crashed and burned. Like, you, you we made it through
1: the recession. That was a scary time because, yeah, who wants to be buying thousand dollars? I mean, it really, I mean, art yeah. is the biggest single, even more so than music. Art right. Is the biggest single, you don't need it. No. We go to so many people's houses where you walk in, like, you oh, don't on the wall. No. And they don't seem to care. No. And like, Sean and I get highs. And right, right. Like, oh! <laughs> You just want to like go in there and start drawing on their walls or something, you know? It's like, <laughs> you're I, like there's I something know, wrong here. I just can't understand that. But I yeah, mean, yeah. again, it, it goes back to you weren't
0: raised in that
1: type right. of environment. That's what you're used to, and it's all good. You stare at the TV and you go to bed and you start over. And right, <laughs> right, right. The morning, and...
0: and then like and like you said that that was like you know people a lot of people that do experience that. Like, you know, they just like you said, they haven't been lucky to been exposed to something that can flex a creative muscle. You yeah. know. Like it's like I I look at like my, my grandpa's into making, you know, car models. Fucking awesome that he's into that because it's like if he didn't have that, his creative energy like where else would that yeah, be exactly place? I know, I think that's awesome. And yeah. It, yeah, and it's just it gets yeah, you, you do you do feel sad for people that like you said, it's just it's that, you know, wash wash, rinse, rinse, repeat. Yeah, and we're
1: both creative souls. Like Sean loves to do mosaics and she does little bitty art projects and stuff like that. She hates when I mention it. Sure. Right, but um, and I actually took a number of years of art school when I was a kid, like maybe oh, eight okay. to twelve. Sure, I'm, sure. Um, my high school art teacher, well, before he was my high school art teacher, my dad has always been really good friends. He just passed a couple of years ago, sad. Uh uh-huh. huh. Name was Bob Shane, awesome guy. Nice. Um, and probably honestly, looking back, was a guy that really instilled, Got, yeah, really planted, planted that seed in me and stuff like that. And right. I just never really followed it. Um, I've got some pretty amazing drawings and stuff like that from when I was a kid, like Garfield and Paddington Bear and stuff like that, that are still framed in my mom's house. But I'm like, wow, I did that. Yeah, um, wow, I, I, I wasn't it. absolutely terrible, yeah, right, I just, right? I don't have retain a whole lot of it, and I've done some, you know, fun little street art projects on the do and stuff like that, especially back when I was over in, on Melrose and mm-hmm. like the alley. You had the ability to do it, right? Yeah, I could just go out when I was bored, when I was slow, and on Saturdays <laughs> and stuff, right? But um, yeah, I would never the Embarrass any other right. working artist by calling myself. So. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. No, but being being in the gallery, it's like every once in a while we'll get a card or a thank you letter from somebody that just kind of like maybe brings a little bit like just kind of like makes you realize how lucky you are because I mean yeah. we really have made it possible for so many artists to kind of exactly. launch a career. I mean, yeah. and many of them that we've. Maybe lost after a solo show or two that you know it hurts, but some of them are like some of the biggest artists are now, and those galleries that show them now would not have been exposed to them or probably given them the chance had they not been able to
0: work with you guys work yeah. with us
1: and broaden and, you know just find their voice, so to speak, as they say a lot right um and that's kind of crazy to think about, you know I mean over the course of the seven years, we've shown something like. Because we've done a lot of group shows and a lot of pop up events and stuff like that, yeah. We always have a core of about 40 artists that we focus on and okay. we'll show every other year on some sort of secular,
0: yeah, thing, yeah, you know, kind of
1: type program. But, um, well over 500 artists, um, we That's were incredible. looking at it a little while ago, it's so actually close to six. Um, that we've you know gotten a piece of work from showing Gorge either sold it and mm-hmm. sent it back to them or whatever, but exposed them, yeah, yeah, yeah. um. Early on, maybe the first year or so, I wasn't saying a whole lot. But I mean, as we built and our social networks right. grew, and you know, the internet took off and all that stuff, of course, stuff, right, right. It's pretty crazy what a show with us now can do in terms of just like internet hits and just bringing yeah. collectors' eyes to you and stuff like that. Exposure, that. right, it's, right, exactly. Basic exposure, yeah. Because um, so many galleries don't really do a lot of advertising anymore, don't really get the social network thing and whatnot, mm-hmm. and still being entrenched. Know, and surrounded worlds. by right. youngsters that kind of much more get it than me. At, yeah. At, here at my music job, um, I can take a lot of that and
0: yeah. apply it and directly. Yeah, and yeah apply yeah, it right yeah. directly.
1: And then sometimes I'll be like, Hey, what do these stats look like, Stephanie? They look pretty good. And she'll be like, Damn, for a gallery, that's pretty crazy. And <laughs> yeah, you know, like, and it's crazy. And I'll bring it up a lot of times, and we like, Sign the new band, I'll, uh, right? So, not yeah, yeah. to be pompous, but just, no. just to make a point. It's like, Why are we signing this band if they only have X amount of likes? And here I am, a little bitty art gallery, one little right. gallery in Culver City, and I got. 12,000 likes, but we're signing this band with 2,000 likes. That right. doesn't make sense to me. Right, and this you band's know? been around
0: for three years. Yeah, so. yeah.
1: they obviously can't <laughs> sell out in their own time. You know, just little thing. And sometimes <laughs> totally. that gets people thinking. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. By no means is that a huge number, but
0: for an art gallery, that's right. pretty huge. That's why you have buy the top five.
1: So it's just like,
0: you, you're, you're able to it's, it's, it's weird, yeah, you know? and, and you're able to it's cool because you're able to take experiences from both worlds, apply them, and it's like it makes sense because it's all like a linear path and like obviously yeah. what you're doing. and That's... we
1: do opening up photos every night and stuff, so my face, I guess is out there a yeah. Yeah. bit in the old blogosphere, yeah, and we've got a pretty popular Instagram that we run and stuff like that, and it's just pretty much art shows and our art and uh-huh. our cats sure, and a month or so ago, I was at stoplight. Hollywood, I was telling my wife this, I told her I felt good about myself for a couple of seconds and that bubble got popped. I was just sitting there at a light and these two girls are like, "Hey!" about half my age like, "Hey!" run right. out your window. And I'm like, hey, cool. Hey, hey, what's up? Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on here? I just yeah. like, what? Right, I'm still right. not quite felt out my window and they're like, we love your cats. Toot, toot. And they go zipping off.
0: And I told Sean, I just sat
1: there at the light for about 10 seconds with somebody beeping behind me because I was just like so perplexed by what the hell had just happened. And then I put together that, oh my God, these people either saw my Facebook or my Instagram, which are very much... For most people more social things with family and friends right Whereas with us it's taken off because of the gallery right it was unnervingly weird yeah, yeah. You're like <laughs> I'm not used to that no, I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Gonna come and thank
0: my cats <laughs> You're like please, please leave us alone yeah so yeah. That was, it's a little
1: weird you know when we recently had our uh, we used to have regular barbecues a, a number of years ago before like right maybe when myspace was taken off it was whatever at that point yeah and we just haven't done it in a number of years. And when we decided to have this one recently, we kind of like put all over the invites and stuff like that. Like, hey, no Instagram, no Facebook, and right, right. no IMAX. No spreading this. Just because, yeah, yeah. A, we knew we'd probably forget somebody, and we probably did. Right. And that sucks. Yeah, but of it's, course. And it's hard once you've done something like this for five or six years and you've made so many local connections and stuff like that. And at the same time, it's impossible to invite everybody over to our little house. Of course, house. of course. We had some well-rounded people, as over as it was. Um, but it was just funny how many people came up to us at that. Oh my god, we're going to, to seal that line for our next little event we do because they're like, yeah, it just sucks because they're like, it's inevitable. It's immediately exposed. And, yeah. And yeah. most of the people that post when they're at something like that, it's very much like, ah, ha ha. Right. Look where other folks have been awesome. And yeah. that's yeah. Not cool. You know? it's no, no, weird no. how that has opened up many different little, uh, features. yeah. And then there's a lot of little nuances like that that trickle into other facets of life too. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting.
0: No, yeah. for sure.
1: Anyways, that's going to be interesting. To use that word way too much in the last couple of seconds. Yeah. Um, it's to see where things go in the next uh, year or two, now that uh, this kind of little bubble of the art world continues to kind of really make inroads over into Europe, uh, uh-huh. Asia, and stuff like that. Like um, a friend of mine that does Rest in Motion held a show over in Hong Kong at the same gallery we're doing literally a year ago to the date that we'll be doing it. Okay. Um, so that's going to be another big major inroads into Hong Kong and another artist um, that we're friends with big show there recently at the crazy big like multiple tower uh shopping mall there. I not oh, wow. the name of it right now. Okay. Like sure. But um and then just other things are going on. Um yeah Couple artists from our scene have had pretty major shows over in Hong Kong in the last year. Um, sure, JR and Cause and a few other people. Um, it's just popping It's popping. Yeah, up. It, it, yeah, 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 it's definitely getting out there, and it's getting to the point where a lot of these artists, especially like people like Mark Ryden and some of the bigger <laughs> ones, are starting to enter into that you know seven figure range for their bigger paintings. Right. And with that, you know, more people start to pay a little bit of attention, and some of the bigger artists are now starting to get gobbled up by galleries that five, ten years ago, three them. years ago, yeah. were still snobbing. And probably still talk a little smack behind the back, but their checks are clear. Of and, course, right, right, and whatnot. So it's 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 really interesting, and yeah. um,
0: that I mean, it's not, obviously it's yeah. it's it's very much paralleling it's like the wild a, wild
1: west, just like the music industry is. is totally, that's what
0: my wife calls it all the time. Just because there's really no contracts, and I'm just
1: gonna leave you the morning after a group show, a solo, a, a right. really fantastic solo show, if he wants to. Right, right, and, right. You know, there's nothing worse than having that great sold out show, and then about. Hour or two before close, you start seeing a couple other major gallery owners walking through, and you're like, oh, mm. "You've never come here before." Yeah, <laughs> weird. And it's not a coincidence. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. But what can you do? I and mean, if you act too worried, it seems like you're greedy, and that's horrible because it's not you're greedy. It's just you love. Yeah. yeah. You show what you love. I mean, we right. we've gotten to the point where we could show much more established artists and some established folks have come to us that we've passed out stuff like that just because a lot of what we love is growing with an artist mm-hmm. and watching them achieve those first successes their first three thousand dollar painting their first five thousand dollar painting their first ten thousand dollar painting right. those are huge white for an artist huge. You know? yeah yeah especially when we start showing them they're like seven eight hundred nine hundred dollars right maybe. some' a, they're I mean, like, a, take a big this. a big painting might be 1200 you know right, like right. oh my god and then like a couple years later we' selling a five thousand dollar one from them thing. so things like that are pretty crazy,
0: yeah, so, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and like, so. hey, as long as you're able to, you know, be a small part of it, you're fine with that. So. No, totally. <laughs> and uh, no,
1: we do pretty good, so I mean, hopefully, the things continue. And uh, yeah, you're able to you're able to do you're, you're... It doesn't run us all right straight into hell, and <laughs> yeah, basking. Do... We we still have money to spend a year from now, and we're, exactly. We're all enslaved in some Republican slave camp. or something like that. <laughs>
0: Well, I, I, I think there's no no more appropriate place to leave it than that. <laughs> uh, I appreciate this, Oz. Thank you so oh, much you. for wanting thank to obviously do this. Sure. Yeah, fun. And there you have it. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Like I said, I really got a lot from that conversation. And it was awesome to kind of see a sneak peek into the art world and obviously the similarities it shares between music and all that type of stuff. Anyways, uh Go hit us up on our website, 100wordsorless.com, and uh, also visit propertyofzack.com, and uh, next week, we will be posting another episode on Tuesday, and I'm thinking, just because I have so many episodes, depending on how motivated I am, I may do two in a week. Crazy shit. Anyways, talk to you soon.